This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 25 and uh, verse 10. And so we are studying the ark. This is an important Bible study because without the ark, we'd have never had Indiana Jones. There's just no way that we could have jumped into all the things that he searched for if we didn't have the ark. I know many of you remember that, remember those movies and remember the ark of the covenant that Indiana Jones was introduced to us going to search for and and the power of the ark and how the how the the Nazis had wanted to have that power to lead at the front of their armies and let me tell you something of all the uh, symbols of the old testament of all the uh, things that you can talk about in the old testament the most mythology the most the most the most important item that you'll see talked about is the ark of the covenant and it is it is a really important item. It's not just something that we just talk about. It it has great significance. And so I don't want to diminish it at all with Indiana Jones reference, but you can see even in our popular culture that the Ark of the Covenant has has a place. It is known. It's something that <clears throat> people understand. Perhaps the second most important Old Testament item might be the tablets that Moses brought down from the mountain. By the way, the tablets that he remade after he destroyed the first two, they were in the Ark of the Covenant. And and the and the staff that he carried in the Ark of the Covenant. And most of those symbols, I guess the other symbol of the Old Testament that would be really powerful and really neat to know about would be the actual ark, the ark that Noah was in and all the animals were in. And and that's called an ark also. And all those things, and all those things, there's two major symbols of the New Testament that we get out of this. The ark is, first of all, really a picture of your heart, okay? It's a picture of our heart and and where God actually meets with us. I know we have the tabernacle where God came and dwelt with his people. And in the New Testament, our bodies is are the temple, just, just like the tabernacle, except we're a permanent temple for God to live in. And where does God dwell? Where does God come and meet with us? He comes and meets with us in our hearts and our heart or the place where God dwells with us is in many ways a picture of the ark. Also, an ark is just generally, when you think of ark, you ought to always think about salvation because by the way, justification comes with the new birth and that deals with our spirits. And then salvation or sanctification comes with a changed heart or a changed mind. And by the way, in the New Testament, the word for soul can be is either cardia, meaning my heart, the word we get cardiologists from. And then suko is also a word in the New Testament for my soul, which is my mind. You've got the melding of a person's will 
in his mind and his passions or, or, or the personhood of that of that person in their heart. When you bring those two together, you have their soul. And that's where God dwells. God dwells with our soul. And then obviously you have glorification, which will give us a new body. But once once you've done all those things, you come to the understanding that the ark really is important. The ark is a symbol of where God meets with us. And I want to get to that uh, in many ways this morning because I want to explain it because as we're going through the ark, I want you to see how God sees you, as how God sees your heart because he, he loves you. And uh, what he loves is your soul. He loves you. He loves your heart and your mind. He loves your. He loves the essence of who you are, which is your soul. He doesn't necessarily love your body. In fact, your body's lustful and sinful and and replete with wickedness, and just no way to do that. Your heart is too, but your heart can be changed. Your your flesh really can't be changed. It can be disciplined, but it can't be changed. And then and then obviously he loves your spirit, but he gave you that, and it's perfect, and it doesn't need to be fixed. And that is the aspect of God dwelling with us. And wow, we need to study the ark. We need to know what it is. First of all, you need to understand that the ark is very important role to play in the tabernacle and in the temple because the ark is in the Holy of Holies. You go all the way to the back part of the temple, all the way to the back part of the uh, tabernacle, and the ark is the place where the blood of the spotless lamb is applied. And it's literally applied because we're going to see how it's built. But at the top of the ark, there's two angels and, and two cherubs, and their wings touch each other. And when their wings come together and touch each other, right in the middle of that is where the blood is applied. And that is the Holy of Holies. It represents the Holy of Holies in heaven. It represents the Holy of Holies in our heart. It represents the Holy of Holies in the temple and the tabernacle. It is where God dwells. It is the most holy place. It's the high holy place. If, if you're studying through that and that, you you get an idea that you get an idea that God wants to meet with us in the very inner parts of who we are. And it is the holy place. And now I want you to get this because it's deeper than just that place where those angels wings met is called the propitiation spot. And I know that's a big word, but let me break it down for you. It is the place in the old way of looking at it. It's the place where the divine met the physical. Okay. So it's the place where God in his holiness actually came and met with the physical world that we live in. Okay? You have that. Then you also have, then you also have in the New Testament after Jesus, you come to the understanding that it's the place where the eternal meets the temporal, or it's the place where eternal God with eternal life comes and meets with us and gives us the eternal life. It's where the eternal meets the temporal. Now you go, which one's right? They're both are right. They're both right. They both are, it's where God in his essence comes to meet with his people, and it is where he touches us. It is where God is touching us and meeting with us and loving us and fellowshipping with us, all that good stuff. It's where that takes place. And why? Great. I, I, you go, preacher, you're not normally, I know it's seven in the morning. I know, but wow, it is, it's where God meets us, right, right where those wings are. And by the way, in the New Testament, <clears throat> the tabernacle and the temple are us, and we have the ark in our hearts, and he dwells with us in our hearts. The kingdom of God is within you. And, and so 
everything that's eternal is available to you right now. You literally live in the physical. I got a thorn in my flesh right here that I didn't see from yesterday walking in the woods. But everything that is eternal meets with you. Even though you live in the temporal world that gives you these thorns, and everything that is divine or God is meeting with you inside your heart. And the ark is a important symbol. It is, it's an important understanding to have of how God dwells with us and how God loves us and how God takes care of us and how God meets with us. It is, it's not something that is, is just passe. And we see the ark mentioned for the first time in Exodus chapter 25. It is, it's the place where God dwells. And he says, have them make an ark of acacia wood. And remember, acacia wood was the wood that they were supposed to bring to build the tabernacle. It's the, it's all, it's the wood that's going to be used for the, the structures, for the building of the walls, for the building of the poles that the tabernacle is going to be built on. It is a picture of, it's a picture of man. It's just a common wood. It's, it's trees are a picture of just human beings. And notice the place where the divine is going to meet the physical, the place where the eternal meets the temporal is in just regular people, regular human beings. And so why wouldn't we build the ark of acacia wood? We would, we, because God wants to meet with just regular folks. He just wants to meet with us. And so we're going to make the ark out of acacia wood like we do everything else, right? We're going to, if God's meeting with us, we're going to build the, he builds his church with just people, just regular people, flawed people, people who struggle, people who don't get things right, people who need a lot of grace, people who need a lot of forgiveness, people who need a lot of love. It's just us. Notice it's two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide and a cubit and a half high. Two and a bit's about one and a half feet. So two and a half cubits is almost four feet. And then obviously one and a half, a, a cubit and a half would be somewhere in the neighborhood of three feet. So it's three feet wide, three feet wide and three feet deep and about four, about four feet long. It's almost like a mini coffin, but really it's just a chest. Okay. The best way for me to describe it, if you were saying, what kind of piece of furniture is it? If you put legs on it, it'd, it'd be a chest. It's a chest that you put something very special in. It's one of those things that you find in an old house and you open it up and it's got all the important things that person had. It's a, it, it can be described as a coffin. And sometimes people do describe it as a, a, a coffin, but it's not because it's not a place of death. It's a place of life. And so it's really what it is. It's the treasure box. It's the place where the most important things are. And, and obviously it's, it's beautiful. You say, how do we know it's beautiful? Because he says, overlay it with pure gold, both inside and out and make gold molding around it. So it's inlaid on the inside. You open it up and you don't see the wood. You see the gold on the outside. You see the gold and it's got, and it's got, it's got ornate molding around it. It's made to be completely beautiful. And you say, our hearts aren't beautiful. They are when you have a new heart given to you by God. It really is beautiful. And God loves you, that new heart that he's given you. It's powerful. It's important. And when you inlay that with pure gold, God is, is what's a picture of his sovereign power. His royalty is wrapping you all up. It's just covering you up. Common wood covered by the royalty of heaven wrapping everything up in it. 
if that don't make you excited, I don't know what, I don't know how to make you excited. I, I really, I don't know how, and I, by the way, the rest of the week, I'm going to be just this excited because we're going to go through every aspect of the way this art's created. But first of all, you got to realize that this is the place where God meets with us. It's the propitiation spot. It's the spot where God dwells with his people. And in the Old Testament, that is a place in a room. In the New Testament, it moves around in a room in the hearts of men. And wow, we have God. So, Preacher, are you saying that there's an aspect of who you are that's in the eternal, that's in like the heavenlies right now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a place in your heart that is eternal. There's a place in your heart that is divine. There's a place in your heart that is is the dwelling place of God. Yeah, and you say, no matter what I've done or how I've lived and how terrible I, yeah, that's, that's the miracle of salvation. That's the miracle of God saving us is he's able to overcome all that stuff. You mean I don't have to get everything clean? No, no. He's made that place in your heart. He did it already. He did it in the new birth. He made it possible that you could have a new heart. And the old is past and the new has come. You're a new creation. You're not the same anymore. And sure, when you go and pray and you meet with God, when you go to the altar and pray, the altar of your heart, we have physical altars at the church so that you can physically begin to think through that experience of entering into the Holy of Holies and going and meeting with God at his altar. And as you do it physically at, at the church, we give you a chance to think about how you're doing that actually eternally in your heart. And in, do I have access to all that is divine and all that is eternal there? Yeah, you really do. Now, if you've never heard that before, you don't understand that, let me tell you something. You're missing out. You really are. You, because that's the place where, and by the way, the more you interact with the eternal and the more you interact with the divine being, the godliness of God, it's, it's godliness, okay? It's being with God. The more you interact with godliness, which is directly from God, not godliness, which we think are people, but godliness, which is directly God. And the more you interact with the eternal life that God's given you, the eternal, which is comes from God. Those whom the Father give me, I give eternal life. That's what Jesus said. Present tense, not future tense. Present tense. I give present tense eternal life. Those whom the Father give me, I give present tense eternal life. Which means that the more you spend, the more you actually are in the heavenlies. You're in the presence and the power of God. The more you Seek God out in the Holy of Holies, which he's made in your heart and at the Ark of the Covenant, the place of your heart. That is, you meet with God there. And the more you spend there, the more your thoughts, your suko and your passions, your cardia and your and the essence of who you are, your soul is changed and is made bold and powerful, made loving and tender toward others, made full of grace, full of mercy, full of faith. The more you spend there, the more you have that, and the more you take that out into the world that you live in and apply it, 
the more powerful you are in the kingdom, but you got that place in your heart. And many people don't even realize they got it. Many people don't realize they have it. And I want you to realize that you have that place in your heart. And, and all, once you get the idea that you got that place, everything else don't matter <laughs> other than people, really everything else doesn't matter. People matter because, you know, they're walking around with those places too in their hearts. They matter whether or not we get the building built or whether or not you get a house on the lake or whether or not you get a the nice car that you have or whether or not you get that pay raise that you think you really need. And you may need it. All these things may, may be things that really you're going to have, but they pale in comparison to whatever. They can, they're just whatever compared to God living in my heart. And I actually have access to the eternals and the heavenlies. That, that kind of stuff is like nothing. And it really isn't. It's just really like nothing. You are the kingdom of God. You are the holy of holies in your very heart. Don't get any better than that, does it? No, it don't. It really don't. Think about that today. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.